Welcome to the Queen TV show. Tune in at 11, good laugh, good vibe, that's for show. Get smooth with Tim, get smooth with Tim. They had you brought like you popped a pill. Once you hear the show, you ain't gonna want it to end. Get creative with the sounds you can make with your mouth. Reaching all over the world, Queen TV in the house. Award winning show, but the number one spot, look out. It's the Queen TV show, 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 look out. Yeah, that's right. Look out. It is the Queen Sylvie Show, and welcome to another terrific Tuesday on the Queen Sylvie Show. It is now my pleasure to introduce to you the world's sexiest granny, everyone's favorite comedian, Queen Sylvie. Yes, yes, and yes, it is me, Queen Sylvie, and welcome to the Queen Sylvie Show, where we enjoy some laughter, great communication, conversation, and a little craziness from time to time. I'm very happy you're here on this Fishbowl Tuesday. It's a lovely day here in Arlington, Texas, as I look out the window and see the birds wearing them raincoats today. Yes, they are, as wow. they fly by. Mm. It is definitely flooding, flooding down with in the Texas. rain today, without a doubt. We had uh, almost three inches here in Arlington this morning. I should have took the boat in today, actually. I'm just saying. <laughs> Without further ado, allow me to introduce my buddy pal and co-host of the year, Smooth Tim. Hey, Tim. Good morning, Queen Anne. <laughs> How are you? I am supercalifragilistic. Expialidocious, yes. I suppose. Yes. 24-7, 365. <laughs> yes. Queen, oh, yes. you are simply amazing. amazing. Yes, 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 I know I'm amazing. Smooth, and I thank you for reminding me. But what also is amazing is the amazing lineup of guests and announcements, don't we? You know what? Today, we're, let's focus on health. And let me explain why. We are going to have uh, in studio Lori Dunham talking about some financial health and getting your business going. So a yes. little bit of financial health. Mm-hmm. Carol and Ty Moss are going to be calling in, and they're going to talk to us a little bit about septus and some ah. other stuff. That's so we're going to talk about our physical health. Very much. And also calling in, we are going to have Dylan Watkin, and he's going to talk about pet health. What do you think about that? Hey, I think that's Poppy's picnic, and I'm looking forward to and it. And I think you're right. I think that's as simply... Amazing. Amazing. Yes, yes, it, it is. is. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> but you know what? Before I begin my conversation with Dylan Watkins, you're more than welcome to call in and ask a question. Give a shout out or holler at a girl. The number to do it on is 214-556-6239. What I'd like to do before I begin that conversation is I'd like to share some motivational words from the Queen Sylvie Show to you. The moment you want to quit is the moment you need to keep pushing. Trust me, the harder you work for something, the greater you'll feel when you finally achieve it. The fact that you aren't where you want to be should be enough motivation to keep on pushing. See, follow one course until success. That's my acronym for FOCUS. Because everything is definitely within your power. And your power, hey, is within you. And those are, <laughs> thank you, some motivational words from the Queen Sylvie Show to you. Yes, 
Go right ahead. I'll give some quick shout-outs to our listeners before we get things underway, Queen. Okay. Looking at our analytics from our listeners and the USA, Germany, Canada, Russia, India, the United Kingdom, Ireland, Zambia, Denmark, Shout out. and Italy. Thank yes. you all for tuning into our show and keep doing so every Tuesday. Absolutely. As a matter of fact, you still got time to go out and vote. As the Queen Silver Show is nominated for five uh, Fishbowl Sharky Awards this year. You got till tomorrow midnight. Log on to www.fbrn.us. The vote now button is the one you should be going. And I appreciate that from everyone. So we're going to get things going because I've been looking forward to learning something. Perhaps might help my little doggy that I have at home. And I wanted to welcome Dylan Watkins. Are you there to the Queen Silver Show? Hi, Queen Sylvie. Yes, this is Dylan from Poppy's Picnic. How are you today? I'm good. I, I hear that you've got torrential storms your side of the, oh, the mm. um, studio, but here we've got lovely sun. It's um, <laughs> lovely and crisp in England at the moment. So uh, I've got my dogs outside running around um, in the leaves, playing around, and Gabby being a puppy, this is the first time she's seen so many leaves on the floor. <laughs> absolutely loving it. Oh, rub it in about that good weather. Rub it in. <laughs> rub it in. <laughs> Looking to improve the health of cats and dogs with the best food possible. As seen on BBC's television show Dragon's Den, co-founder and owner of award-winning raw dog food company Poppy's Picnic from Wiltshire, United Kingdom, I introduce to you Dylan Watkins. Now, you know, Dylan, you're welcome. You went from working with uh, major brands like Disney in the advertising industry, um, and you're now an award-winning raw pet food company. What brought you to the mission of selling healthier dog food or or cat food? It was my first ever dog, Poppy. I I always wanted a dog, and Poppy came into my life quite late in life. I was 37, and when she... She she got me outside in the uh, in the park, running around, playing, and I was a little bit overweight, quite a bit overweight. And so I went on a what's called a paleo diet. I was on a, on a health kick, and I started to shed the pounds by eating no sugars, no carbs, no no dairy. And it was when I was sticking my hand in her bowl of food, I'm sorry, her bag of food, these brown little pellets, that I thought, <laughs> hang on a minute, something's wrong here. I'm eating all this wonderful fresh food. And I'm feeding my dog this, these dry little pellets. So I started investigating what to do and looked at many different options. And fresh raw feeding was the one that worked for me. And so I started making her recipes. And next thing you know, I've got a raw dog food company where we're exporting globally and hopefully one day maybe in the States. Wow. I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to it. I'm really curious about it. I've heard... Um you know, there's other raw dog food, uh, pet food, excuse me, companies out there. Now, you mentioned Poppy. Poppy is a miniature schnauzer. She is. Shout out to Poppy. Poppy is very cute. <laughs> but now, yeah. now, Poppy's Picnic, you know, Poppy, that comes from your dogs. That was your influence for the name of your company. But what's so special? What makes it so different? What makes your company so different than the other raw pet food companies out there? Well, what we're trying to do is to make fresh feeding, fresh raw feeding, um, achievable by everybody. So it may be that somebody feeds um, dry food or canned food or tinned food, how you may call it. Um, But what we want to do is just to educate people to show, look, add a bit of freshness to that bowl um, and then see the benefits, how your dog uh, and also cat can change. It's, 
it's it's just trying to educate people on as, as humans we're told to eat fresh food fresh food gives vitality long life helps us fight illnesses and if that same knowledge if that light bulb could just quickly click on with it with with a, a dog owner they can then start to say my gosh why am i not doing the same for my pet why is it that i've got one rule for me where the governments of this world health bodies of this world are saying fresh 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 and then we feed these dry pellets to our dogs and we wonder why 50 percent of dogs now have either cancer or, or obese and it's all down to nutrition so what we do is create wonderful food that is achievable for people to add to the bowl be it in our little meatballs that we create you could just add a, a, a piece of uh, one of our meatballs in or you can actually go full completely over and feed start feeding our full of uh, full mixes as well that's crazy. You know, although it's popular, you know, it's popular in various areas around the world. The raw food diet for the pets is very controversial. I know you know you've probably have heard some of the controversial veterinarians who kind of say that it's not really a safe thing because of the cross contamination of salmonella and all those other things. Mm -hmm. But but but. What's the difference? The difference between the raw food diet and and these kibble pebbles that you you mentioned, and I know my dog knows about. And the difference between what? Sorry, it was the difference between the difference between raw food and what? Sorry, the the kibbles, the 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 dog food, the traditional kibble that that, that yeah. the stores feed uh, most pets right now. Yeah, that well, that that creation has only been on our shelves for the last. 60 to 70 years and, and it was a wonderful piece of marketing and it's been a wonderful piece to of, to be able to feed dogs it, it's one of the best marketing tools that we've created you know we we promoted cigarette smoking uh, and we showed all the health benefits of that we pr pr promoted low fat feeding you know 0% fat and then we pumped it full of sugar and so dog food as well these little brown pellets they they fed all of the good they put the temperature so high that they kill all of the goodness in it so then we have to add man-made nutrients man-made chemicals into it to get the vitamins and the nutrients back up we have to spray them with something to give the taste factor back to it so it goes to a very high processed food and we know that we should as humans should not be eating high processed foods and so when it comes to feeding our dogs that's primarily what's only on the shelves on supermarkets highly processed little brown pellets or canned foods there's no freshness freshness at all it's devoid of any freshness and and this is why we're really, as a mission as our company, we want to promote eating fresh food. It's imperative that dogs and cats and other animals eat fresh food for long, better health and longer life. Wow. You know, I've looked at some of the meals that's prepped because you guys also deliver. We do to just that general facility. Because can you can you mail out? You can't ship out raw food. Um, can you? Well, we, we in UK and Europe, we send out our food in insulated boxes and by courier. Um, we ship frozen containers out to Hong Kong and China currently. And wow. Other, uh, sites coming on board very, very soon. Uh, some regions coming on board soon. So it's a popular diet. Why they like our, our whole uh, Wiltshire side is because, you know, we, we, we make the food here. We, we know the provenance of our meat. Um, the vegetables are grown in fields next to uh, where we where, where our kitchen is where we make the food so it's all about getting good nutrition into our animals to 
give them the best life possible. Absolutely. I mean, you know, me, myself as a pet parent, you know, you have me kind of thinking about the switch uh, and mm. with my female boxer dog. But for someone like myself who's never really done this before, how would you transition um like my pet, how would I transition her into a raw food diet? Well, you mentioned something earlier about the vets, you know, being concerned about um, different things that you can pick up if you feed a raw diet. But that's only misinformation. So they've been trained in a certain way to feed. Most people, most vets only get about a one hour to two hour training on nutrition for their whole life. And that's normally sponsored by one of the big confectionery companies that make most of the dog food globally. When you're sponsoring that, you're going to get misinformation. So the first thing I always say is get a friendly vet that's going to be on your side. Because there's only you don't need a vet that's going to say, your dog's got this because of this, this, this. Primarily, your dog has got whatever illness they have because of bad, bad nutrition. So right. get a good, friendly vet. And there's more and more seeing the light. There's more and more understanding the benefits of feeding fresh. Um, and that would be my first step. And then you can make either a gradual integration with, with fresh food, because just like when you're changing a diet for a human, um, if we were going on a detox ourselves, and remember that this food will need detoxing from their system. So um, if you will, you'll notice some changes. Um, I, I know it's just after breakfast where you are at the moment, but um, the poop will change. You know, there will be a drastic change in that. <laughs> where you cute. have huge poops on the road or on the on the pavements or in the parks there from dogs especially your uh, boxer missy right if she she could you know she's a big dog she could do some big poops but when you feed a fresh <laughs> raw diet right because there's no filler it will it will just turn into a small little you'll be surprised well i like that sound of that so basically there's more absorption of the food into the body and less waste absolutely spot on you've got it in one and and that you that raw fresh raw goodness is all absorbed in and what you're getting out is it's kind of it can be quite hard if, i don't know if you've ever seen rabbit small little bits of rabbit food but it's kind of like that hardness but just a, you know depending on the size of your dog my mini schnauzer is probably the size of my thumb it's it's really small there's no smell there's no stickiness it ah. doesn't linger um if, if somebody did decide to be lazy and not pick it up it decomposes within seven to ten days it's, because wow! No preservative in it. If some, if a dog does a poo on your streets or your parks or anything now, and they poo it out, it's preserved. It's got all of the chemicals in, so it stays there forever in a day until it finally breaks down by the, the, the somebody stepping in it or um, the rain. <laughs> wow! Now, but I was under the understanding um, <clears throat> that your your dog's uh, poo should have some moisture content to it or you, your uh, their uh, diet should be uh, is lacking a little bit of water yep on, on a um, on a, uh, a dry fed diet you have to have water down at all times so you're because this it's devoid of any moisture so water is needed and your dog will drink a lot if they move over to a fresh raw feeding diet you'll find that they'll drink less and sometimes that can be a bit of concern because we're used to our dogs drinking a lot a lot of water if we've been feeding dry food but that's because fresh raw food has a lot of moisture in it so they're naturally getting moisture as well through the food like the, like we would but be, because we do not eat a, a, a dry food every day if we did we would have to have 
jugs and jugs of water to get that food down as well. Yes, absolutely. That is so very interesting um, what you're doing. I wanted to know, though, because after being in business, you, uh, Dylan, after being in business for a year, you, you am I correct? That's when you went on Dragon's Den on BBC's channel? Yeah, we're just about to celebrate our second birthday. Um, so we went on, um, we were filmed for Dragon's Den last year, last May, which was quite something. And it finally came out on TV seven, uh, this January, so seven months later. So in our in our world, in our in our business, so many things happened in those seven months. So oh. it's, it's been very exciting. And since as well, it's, it, people with this type of nutrition wanting to learn, this has just been just wonderful for us to be able to educate so many people. Well, for those here in America, Dragon's Den is is like Shark's Tank that we have here. That's but, right. right yeah. but, but you turned it down. You turned down like four offers, right? We did. We had four offers for some. And uh, there's five dragons. So you possibly have five sharks. So we, we had five dragons and uh, four of them gave offers. And we accepted an offer in the, in the den, as we call it here. But when we did our thinking on what we wanted to do as a long term, we, we decided to say good, goodbye and we didn't push it forward. Well, when you say we, are you talking about Louise McIntosh, your business partner? I'm talking about Lou and Poppy, of course. Okay. All right. Well, shout out to them all. I do oh, want to Lou pop- and Poppy. I, yeah. you got to include <laughs> no, them. Po- po- Poppy, Poppy, um, Poppy can be bought by treats. So <laughs> you're, you're putting a business idea down, put some treats on the one that you wanted to say, and You've got, you've got so so pop, got pop, Poppy is a girl? Poppy's a girl, yes. She's got two beautiful daughters, uh, Katie and Slipper. And we've got a, love, a lovely little new puppy called Gabby. Aww. So Aww. They are all running around at the moment outside and bouncing around in the leaves. So so they, they run the crib. Poppy knows that, that she is the superstar of it all so well. She just probably has. I, I wondered... Yeah, I did wonder this a couple of days ago because I was wondering because we always say hello, Poppy's picnic, hello, Poppy's picnic on the telephone, or right? Meetings or whatnot, <laughs> and I think she doesn't pick her head up anymore. But it's um, the rustle of a a, a bag of treats. Or anyway, <laughs> she, she's there, but um, yeah. So you know, you 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 are. I'm I'm just playing when I say zillionaire, you know. But you've went from 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 making these meals in the kitchen to becoming a gazillionaire, just figuratively joking speaking. <laughs> but but in doing so, was it difficult for you to do the advertising, the marketing and the convincing someone skeptical about trying raw uh pet food for their pets because you you not only do it for dogs, you do it for cats as well, right? The cats will be coming very soon. Um, cats, cats uh, are used to um, food where it's being. There's a lot. There's a lot of things that people that, that companies put into cat food. So to get them over to eating what's not a great diet to over a fresh diet, it's, it's a bit of a journey. So we're still we're still perfecting our cat recipes. So it's got everything and anything that they'll need for for good health. But to convince owners on dogs um, and and of course the same with cats. As we humans become aware that we need to be eating better food for our health uh, and our well-being, that knowledge t- trickles down. So we, we know that we should be f- feeding our children good diet, and we know that we should be eating good food as well. And when that, that starts to sit in with your, your thinking, you realize, what on earth am I doing about my dog as well? I'm sticking my hand either in these dry pellets, or I'm pouring them out of a bag, or I'm getting them out of a box, and I'm just... I, 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 there's, a, there's, a, there's a dysfunction in the whole process 
because we're not we're not giving the same love, care, and attention to our pets as well. We are, we, we and, and it's that when that when that learning comes on, then people realise that hang on a minute, I need to investigate what I'm feeding my uh, dog as well. And it's that when you capture someone and be able to give show them as it were the light, show them the way on how to do the feeding. How do you feel about some of the supplements that, uh, like for uh, hip and things like that, that uh, in, in addition to uh, the diet that you've changed your uh, dog to? Yeah. Supplements, I feel, are great. And I think there's, there's a lot of um, work being put into supplements to help um, dogs and cats um, live a longer lives. It's, it's a great way of adding um, vital nutrition to their diet if they're not getting it through fresh food because fresh food in the wild for a dog would be everything that they need. They would get everything that they need. So if we're having to add supplements to something, um, we may need to look at what they're lacking and why they're lacking it in the first place. So uh, primarily it's down to bad nutrition. So it's about looking at that as the core and seeing how you can make the nutrition better first before you start adding lots of supplements. Wow. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It does. You know, those meals look pretty good. You know, I saw pictures and I'm like, I would eat it myself. Have you ever tried it yourself? Um, a couple of times. And one of them was quite funny. When I was first perfecting meatballs, uh, we had some friends staying over in our house and we had some test of meatballs in the, uh, in the fridge. And they were Italians. And we came back from a from a play or what not cinema or something and when we came back the meatballs had gone and I and I saw my Italian <laughs> friends the next morning and they made it into one of their pasta sauces so. but, um, the, everything that we make is uh, you could eat uh, humans could eat we use human grade meat and all of our ingredients well it's been tested now yes it's been tested and true now absolutely it has been tested for sure <laughs> so how far do they ship how, how far do you actually ship out your product at this current time? At the moment, we, we do frozen containers um, uh, to China and Hong Kong, but these are, these are big frozen containers. Um, and we, are, we ship throughout Europe in insulated boxes. Uh, we will be looking for other, well, we, we're looking for other distributors around the world. And when, we, when, when those come online, then the poppy picnic, the fresh raw feeding um, juggernaut, continues wow well, I want to get into the state so, you, so you, much. you know it seems that you've you've taken the right route because basically when you look at it like a shark type thing we'll go that shark tank thing you dragon's know, den dragon's den yeah basically the, the the premise behind that is they're going to help you market your product and it sounds like you've already got that nailed well you asked a question earlier about my, you know the background so i i am a marketeer so is louise we are both we are, we've worked for Mars, we've worked for Nestle, we've worked for PepsiCo. We've, we've had some great experience working for some of the biggest brands out there. And when you, when you work in marketing such as that, you know, you work with some brilliant brands that make changes for their difference. And you work for some brands as well that you wonder, you question yourself on what you're doing. And that's when I decided I didn't want to do this anymore for these types of companies when Poppy came into my life, it was a real big change. She changed so much. She changed my fitness. She changed how I ate. And she 
pushy now it has changed completely changed and what kind of i never knew i'd be making dog food <laughs> <laughs> well i don't even call it dog food i mean you're you're like a chef right now i mean those dogs they <laughs> eat you. they eat pretty good let me tell you i i think my dog is gonna be looking at me like yeah uh-huh uh-huh <laughs> but we, <laughs> yeah we won't let her watch the youtube video no way she's over. not gonna listen to this <laughs> show i'm not gonna let her she's like well because i wouldn't know where to go here um for anything like that anywhere every time i've encountered the the raw pet food uh you want to say genoa or whatever it's been out of states so i would love to have uh poppy's picnic here in the united states and 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 missy can be one of the little commercial dogs to show that anyone can do it you know and and do it the, what you be on our American board? Yeah. Board, oh, yeah. Board of taste, uh, taste testers. Yeah. I have a quick question that yeah. hasn't been asked. And what's the average cost per meal for the dog? Yeah, that's what so I was going to ask. Um, you guys working pounds as in weight? So, um, my dog Poppy weighs eight kilos. Um, so she, that would cost that would cost about sixty cents a day for Poppy. So a mini schnauzer, sixty to seventy cents. So. Um, I don't know how. So, yeah, that's about 60 to seventy cents. What for for each meal? Does does your dog only eat once a day, or do you feed it? No, more? no, she eats twice a day. But she, that's pretty so economic. Split that up. It is, isn't it? It's quite surprising when these prices. When you start to work the prices out for good nutrition, that's going to see you less visits at the vet because you're feeding exactly what your dog needs instead of food that could be making them put on weight. Um, I won't go down the long list because the list is so long. But you just don't, you you're just even saving money as well because you won't be going to the vet. So vets don't like us sometimes. <laughs> what's some of the foods though? Tell me, tell me like chicken a la king, steak and potatoes. What what are what are, what are some of the meal preps that that you you deliver? Where's some of the what? Sorry. Some of the what are some of the mo- the meals that you deliver? Is it uh, you know? Ah yes. Yeah. So we we have. Um, our beef, uh, so our, our beef is um, British sauce beef with um, liver and kidney. Then what we'll do, we'll ground up some bone because bone has some amazing nutrients and vitamins and minerals inside. Right. And then we'll add some uh, dog-friendly vegetables. So primarily what, what to, we'll add um, some kale and we can also add some seeds, um, some oils. We'll add <laughs> coconut oil, flaxseed oil. And we'll add some spirulina. We'll, we'll add some wheatgrass as well. So they're getting a, a, a great mixture of nutrients and vitamins to, to give them great health <laughs> that made me hungry right now like well let me go and get uh some beef yes that sounds very delicious i like what you're doing you know i saw a study where they gave uh reasons why not to feed your dog raw dog food and they were like the, because and i know you heard it but the bacterial contaminants uh the hazards of bones, and you were mentioning um, the chopping up of the bones, and you also mentioned the fact about the pre-existing conditions, which is a need to go and see the veterinarians. Um, yeah. The nutritional deficiencies and the expense, but you've covered all of that, and 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 I I say bah humbug to all of that because you got the expense covered. You 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 have such love that you put into this food here. I love to one day meet uh, Poppy and the other. Oh, 
other ones so that they can tell me I, I can dog talk by the way so so they can tell me just how things is with that transition because you new the new pets that you have you instantly introduced them to raw food you they never saw dry dog food before right that's right so little gabby that joined us a few months ago so she's still a little puppy and it was wonderful there's a, there's a dog show in the uk called crust right it's, right it's, it's a world-class show and people from all around the world come to it and one of our one of my very first customers danielle she said to me on the stand she goes um i just had my first litter of black schnauzers and i was thinking oh my gosh and she goes you know, you know as well the mum has been fed poppy's picnic and i'm weaning the puppies on poppy's picnics we do a special range for small puppies and i just i, I knew i wanted a black schnauzer anyway and and um we have Gabby, the first dog, you know, my, my first puppy that's been fed completely on the food that I've made. So um, that, that's, yeah, she's, quite a, she's, quite a, she's a, quite a special girl in more ways than one, I can tell you. So do, the, do, the, do any of the pets, or have you heard of any pets that uh, eat raw dog food, raw pet food, become aggressive? You know, their behavior no, changes... I'm no, and I, and I can understand where this kind of thought has come from. You know, we, we are very influenced by the media and films and, you know, how we see a, a... I can see the imagery. I can see a wolf tucking into the raw meat. and we can, I can see how that link can be made. But no, it's, it's, it's a bit of Hollywood drama there. On <laughs> That's a movie, those. right? That's that movie I saw last night. Yes. <laughs> so, I'm sorry. And also, think, think about this as well. It does the absolute... In one sense, does the absolute other effect because if your dog was uptight or a little bit aggressive what's going on so it's about looking at the whole dynamic there and it may be that there's preservatives or chemicals or additives in the food that they're eating that is making them in an altered state than they normally would be just like with children if we feed them too many sweets that have too many chemicals in or colorings in it can make them hyperactive so it, it, again, with, with children and with dogs, it's down to the nutrition. If we could be good nutrition, we're going to have a better uh, respect and loving for our animals and, our, and, of course, our children. Doesn't that not alleviate some of the allergies also when you get them onto a regular food that they can get corn allergies, some of this other stuff? Gosh, yes. Because some, some of the ingredients are so overused, um, fillers such as corn and that, that, that there's so many things and if you you know turn over your pack of food and have a look at the ingredients list some of them are even unpronounceable some of them you're thinking what is some um, we have something in the uk called meat derivative and what that means it's a derivative of meat the meat is unquestionable it doesn't tell you what animal it's from and then the derivative means that it can be any part of that animal from the eyelids to the hooves to the tail to the piece of meat on a piece of bone it's a meat derivative and when you start looking at the ingredients that are being used to make this food i i, I, I sometimes have to scroll up my face and think i can't really call it food but it's it's something that's marketed to us it's it's questionable yes Mm. Well, you have me sold on uh, raw pet food. You really do. I wish you was here in the United States because I had my little notes on on the benefits, you know, and I was going to, like, test you and see, is he going to say it? But by golly, you did. That nebbit, you really did. <laughs> and I have nothing to say, but I'm sold now. And uh, I wish my dog could try it now. I don't know. I'm going to go kill something and feed it. No, and, that's and not it. the same. 
and under a dollar and under a dollar a day to 60s, feed your dog. Yeah, that come on, yeah. man, that's cheap and healthy because like um, raw food diet improves the dental health, uh, better heart, improved digestion. You mentioned the stools improve stools, their heightened mental quality improve coat and skin their weight is more healthier and guess what else you will have less uh bills for the veterinarian absolutely it's it's um it makes sense you know thank you for saying some of those things as well because some of those things i forgot to mention as well you you hit it all all of those nails into the wood yes yes and yes yes well i believe it now i'm I'm so see you've come on the show you've enlightened people on raw dog food and you also have me wanting to give it a try for my dog she's a great dog very smart dog she was in a doritos commercial before so i think she she's ready to to graduate into some better health I, and, I she, so. and she loves mcdonald's drive through that's just gonna <laughs> bum her out but it's the way it goes no, we all love McDonald's. <laughs> yeah. she's such an actress i tell you but you know <laughs> i love my pets and obviously i can tell your passion and you love your pets and what you're doing bless your heart you. chef Dylan Tucker, is there anything that you want to add before you go? Well, no, I'm just saying we've got a royal wedding at this side of the uh, water very soon. So, um, Queen Sylvie, it's um, a pity that they haven't thrown you over for the um, for the old. Uh, I know. Weekend, but, um, uh, I know. I'm gonna gonna I'm gonna protest now. I, that I just, could have been what that certified mail delivery was the other yeah. day that we weren't home. It's possible. <laughs> still possible. <laughs> <laughs> Dylan Watkins, it's been an honor. I hope that we can have you back on and enlighten us. Maybe you, you can bring some good news. Like we we're now gonna be shipping it over to the united states and i would love to push that one out there that that's a great i just just noticed i have this big grin on my face and it's been on my face for about (laughs) are you kidding you're 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 more than welcome and before i go i want to give a shout out to angela baker because that's my girl over there in your uk representing and she sends me great people um like you angela Yes, indeed. All right. So listen, tell everybody how you can be followed on social media and and contacted for more information on Poppy's Picnic. Brilliant. Thank you. So we have uh, our Facebook page, which is uh, Poppy's Picnic. Our Twitter is Poppy's Picnic and Instagram is Poppy's Picnic. So it's really <laughs> interesting, easy to do it. <laughs> I bet it's a lot of a lot of pictures that the emblem for Poppy's picnic all over the house. I mean, those dogs know they're running the house. Poppy got it going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, oh yes, and you, you can, we're also online on poppyspicnic.com as well. All right. Well, listen, I thank you very much for taking the time. I know there's a different time where you are, and I appreciate you taking the time and calling in on the show. We look forward to hearing more good things about Poppy's Picnic, and I look forward to one day introducing that to my dog. Oh, th- thank you both. Thank you, Queen Sylvia. You're very welcome. Have a good day. And you. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. We're going to... Take a break for uh, just a moment from one of our sponsors, and we're going to come back with Lori Dunham. Yeah! <laughs> How you doing? This is Troy from Wanda's Wig and Weavy Corium, and we love the Queen Sylvie Show. So come on down and get your hair done so that all your peoples are going to say, Ooh, girl, where'd you get that hair done? Mm-hmm. And don't forget, Tune into the Queen City show now. This is Troy. Bye. 
Hello, and we are back. <laughs> yes, we are. Because I'm like this and like that. <laughs> like that. Like a you this know? and like that. Yeah, I am having my, I'm I'm geeked right now. I had a great conversation with Dylan Watkins. I found that very interesting. From United Kingdom. I cannot for believe it's that economical. Especially when you go to the store, let's keep this real. And you look at some of the dry dog foods. Yeah. And they want forty, fifty dollars. They want a lot for you know, that bag. For a bag. Yeah. And I understand that it's supposed to be nutritious and it may or may not have the supplements and vitamins necessary for your canine. However, this sounds a lot better. Hey, break it down now. I love this. That's so great. Hey. Hey, welcome to the Queen Sui Show. State your name for me. Where are you calling from? You have superstar King Patinio all the way from Holland, Ohio. How are you doing today, Queen Sylvie? <laughs> Kane, I am super califragilistic. You know That's Bialidocious, 24-7-365, in case you don't know, now you know. She is simply <laughs> amazing. <laughs> you asked so well, we had to tell you, baby. <laughs> How are you doing, Kane? I am absolutely wonderful, Queen Sylvie. Great. Absolutely wonderful. Superstar um, Kane. That's right. Um, I do have a couple things I would like to share with Fishbowl Radio today, actually. Um, first of all, I did release song number 14 last night on Facebook. Yes. Just to let everybody know. Yes, you did. And the song is called I've Never Felt Like This Before. And I do officially have a YouTube channel that I have actually started a few weeks ago. Well, good. It is under Kane, it is under Kane the Christian Rapper. All right. I like that. Kane, the Christian rapper on YouTube. Everybody go check it out. I like that. And the new video, um, the new song number 14 is out on Facebook, right? That, that is correct. All right. So tell everybody how you can be followed on social media. Well, you can actually find me. I, I do happen to have a Facebook, but the best way to get a hold of me is my mother's Facebook, Casey. That is C A S E Y T E T I I O T. Got it. I appreciate that. So, what's the weather like there? Good? Uh, yes, it is very good. Oh, oh, before I go, I'd also like to give a shout out to you and uh, Smooth Tim. I think the work that you are doing is absolutely fabulous. Keep up the good work. And, um, <laughs> I'm gonna cry. I swear, I'm gonna just burp. I'm gonna burp. Thank you, Kane. You know I appreciate that. You makes my day. I tell you not. You makes my day. I thank you very much. You know what? And everybody, log on and check out Kane on YouTube because I didn't know that you had the YouTube channel. So now I have something to go home and look at. Well, yes, it is. It is all over my mom's Facebook. And also, before I go, I'd also like to give a shout-out to Lori Dunham. How are you doing today, Lori? I'm doing great. Well. Great. Good to talk to you. Didn't know you knew Lori was here. Hey. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's a superstar, too, you know. <laughs> it's good yes, to talk to you, is. Kane. Yes, she is. All right. Well, Kane, thank you very much. I appreciate you taking the time calling in. And um, <clears throat> I'm going to look forward to checking out your YouTube channel, uh, Kane the Christian Rapper, right? That is correct. All righty. Thank you very much, Kane. We'll be in touch with you. Peace. Sounds wonderful. All right. Have a good day. You as well. You as well. Thank you.
problem. All right, we're going to get in with our conversation with Lori Dunham because she has something very important that she wants to uh, scoot you guys on because I don't know what are you thinking about, but <laughs> why we seem to be waiting for the other shoe to drop. Yeah. She has the answer for that, and we'd love to hear from you. You're more than welcome to call in. That number to do it on is 214-556-6239 on this terrific it might be raining out Rainy there. Rainy Tuesday. But it's still terrific. It is terrific. We woke up today. Indeed. We Absolutely. are in the place to be. We are breathing. And I'm glad that you are also here <laughs> listening in on this terrific Tuesday. Lori, the floor is yours. Wow. Thank you so much. <laughs> it's welcome. always an honor to be here. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So let's talk about it. All right. Waiting for the other shoe to drop. Um, so this particular phrase is it, both historical and psychological. So I did a little bit of research. Historically, you know, back when the immigrants came through in the beginning of the 21st, the 20th century, um, they all, you know, congregated in New York and they were all in tight quarters and whatnot. And the, the walls were real thin. And so when the neighbors upstairs got home after a long day's work, you could hear them taking their shoes off. And so <laughs> one shoe would just, you know, you know, slam down on the floor. And then you're like, okay, where's the next one? Okay, there it goes. Yeah. And so it was, it, it developed a, you know, anticipation or an expectation that there's going to be another shoe and it's going to be just as loud as the first one. <laughs> and so over time, um, through my research, I found that people have developed a psychological expectation. Um, and so you find sometimes this will occur when you're having a really good time. All right, a really good moment in life mm-hmm. or a good period of time in mm-hmm. your life. You're having success. Your business is booming. Things going your great. life is great. I mean, you've got the new house, new car, new, re- new relationship. You're just uh, cloud 55. You know, you're just <laughs> doing awesome. But somewhere in the back of your mind, you're like, hmm, I wonder how long this is going to last. When is this going to end? And so I've been through that cycle myself. I thought, when is this good time going to go away? Really? You know, I mean, because it's, it, like it's, it's too cer- good to be yeah, true. Yeah, like it certainly can't last forever. And so in more recent days, I got to thinking, why can't it last forever? What's mm. going on? Why am I stopping it? Because when you have this feeling, it's you. You're stopping it because of a couple of things. So what I've determined is, one of the main reasons that it happens is because of past experiences, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you were having a good time, maybe back in your childhood, right? You're having a good time in the playground, everything's going well, and you fell off the swing set. And you're like, oh, see, every time I play in the playground, forget. boom, I fall down. Or I get in a fight with somebody. Or somebody throws, you know, the sand in my face or whatever, you know. And so you start Bullies. to... Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's another show. Right. Um, <laughs> but then you start to equate good times with you can't have good without the bad. The yin and yang, the good, the bad, the black, the white, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You can't, and, and so you go through life as you get older and you go through other experiences it's a roller coaster ride it's up and down and you say to yourself i can't always be up you know and i can't always be down i can be somewhere in the middle but when i go up i know i'm going to come down i mean there's even a song about that right Right. like what goes up must come down right (laughs) well you know so the the thing is is that we equate psychologically a negative aspect to the good times right um and so and that's because of our past experiences um, so even more, as I went through and was doing research, I realized mm, that, too. that, you know, the, the roadblock that we have is that really when it comes down to it, we don't feel like we're worthy of the good stuff. 
that somewhere, somewhere along the line, someone told us, you're lucky. You're having a good uptime right now just because you're lucky. It has nothing to do with <laughs> you being worthy. You, you, uh, you deserve to have the very best in life. You know, we're we're put here on earth to have a good time. Right. You know? Right. And yeah, sure, it rains on everybody. All right, now it's raining in Arlington, right? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. there's good people, there's bad people, and it's raining on everybody. Right. So yeah, so bad times happen. It's just part of life, but you don't go through the good times expecting the bad. Because that just it speaks to your worthiness mm-hmm. of what you feel about your worthy, but it also speaks to who do you trust? Do you trust the past experiences or do you trust your present circumstance and trust God that he is making things work out for you? Absolutely. Some people uh, will agree with you and think that is hard mm-hmm. because they're still holding on to that. Right. They still have that memory hovering over them, preventing them to take the next step or drop that shoe. That's exactly right. So one of the things that I started to implement in my own personal life uh, going through this, right, because mm-hmm. I struggled with this for years, you know, um, I would be up on high. I mean, before I even started a business, I worked for corporate America. You know, I was making pretty good money, but I always thought to myself, well, when am I going to lose this job? Right. Because the industry I Waiting. was in was very volatile, mm-hmm. you know, so I've been through layoff after layoff, um, uh, you know, merger and, and that affects you. It does. And you don't forget. And and then you think, oh, I even got to the point where I wouldn't even put my paychecks on the calendar because every time <laughs> I did, I ended up losing my job. Wow. And I'm like, I'm not even going to write when I get paid. I mean, I'll just look in my account. If I'm, money's there, good. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and so I don't, to this day, I don't even put a paycheck on the calendar because I'm like, if I do that, I'm going to lose this job. <laughs> it's stupid. <laughs> well, let that go. That's not the right. case. You are a successful businesswoman doing it right now. Matter of fact, mentoring those who need a yes. strategic plan towards their dream public speaker, founder, and owner of First Step Mentor, CEO of Dunham Global Ventures Incorporated. She is a writer, author of the book, Start Your Own Amazon Store Without Getting Hurt from Grand Prairie, Texas. If you don't know, now you know that (laughs) is Lori Dunham, baby. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yes. I had to throw that part in there because, girl, you you have it going on. You know what I'm saying? You You very much do. Continue. Well, (laughs) thank you. I appreciate that. And, uh, you know, all the support that I get. I mean, I'm not here because of my own efforts you know i mean i, I it's it's a village it's a team it's right. an effort of, yes, it of a lot of people yes um both directly directly and indirectly absolutely um and so as i struggled let's go back to this waiting for the shoe to drop right so as i went through this cycle and i started to learn this about myself um and, and i started to evaluate i found one good practical thing that i could do was to relive a particular experience bad but make yeah a bad experience but make it positive and i had a mentor back um i don't know several years ago that called it a corrective emotional experience and you purposely put yourself into a situation and while you're going through that situation you change your perspective to be something positive and then as you think back on it now you think about the last experience which is now positive Mm-hmm. So let me give you an example. Uh, going back to the corporate thing, right? Mm-hmm. So I've been laid off and acquired and merged and, and all these different things throughout 30 years of, of being in corporate America. Well, 
um, every single time I was laid off, I went into this sense of trauma. My body would shake and I would cry and I'd be worried and I'd be upset and, and and I'd be depressed. And then I think, Oh, I got laid off or merged because I wasn't good enough to move into the new company that they'd formed. So where was my worth? And Oh, I didn't do a good enough job. I didn't make you question yourself. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And, and so it made my self esteem take a hit every single time. Mm -hmm. And so, so um, it, it really hurt me, right? Because it rolled over into my personal relationships mm-hmm. and my friendships. Your and, attitude, everything. And, yeah, and then yeah. I wanted to control the situations because I thought if I controlled it, then there was no way nobody's going to hurt me anymore. <laughs> and that doesn't work either. Right. That's a whole other show. Right. Um, but <laughs> but um, so when I was laid off from corporate America in March of this year, um, I had an opportunity to do a corrective emotional experience. Um, and so when I got the call, I literally had 10 minutes notice that I was getting laid off. Um, and so I got off the phone call and I had, I'd started my corporation and, and I wanted to get my business running, you know, so I was actually working my day job, fully committed to that job during the daytime. But as soon as the bell rang at night, you know, I was shifting to my corporation and I was staying up late hours and, you know, um, wow. sacrificing sleep really, um, so that I could build my corporation because that was my dream. But when it was time to work for corporate America, I was there doing that. But when I got the call that I was laid off, um, I literally hung up the phone and I could not be sad. <laughs> you know, I literally jumped up and down and said, I've been released from corporate America. I can do my own business. <laughs> Woohoo. You know, and, and I literally, and I literally was so excited. And now when I think back to being laid off, being merged, acquisition, whatever, I literally get happy. Because now I see my dream is right here in there front of me, go. and I've stepped into it. And yeah, it took faith. You have to look at know? it from a different perspective exactly. and, and, and grab hold of it. Get away from the negative. Exactly. It's nothing wrong with dreaming, making that dream come yep. true, and all of that. I like that, um, Lori. You, yep. but you know what? You, you, <laughs> you have always struck me as a hardworking, determined um, woman. So you know that might have gotten you down then, but it did not keep you down. Thank you. And that then that's one of your skills with first step mentor too. Yes. But listen, let me pause for just one moment. We're going to come back and conclude with you. Um, I'm going to also have uh, Carol and Ty Moss out of uh, California who will be on enlightening us. They're on a, a massive, serious crusade. They partner with CDC uh, Centers for Control Disease. Disease Control. Disease, yes. Mm-hmm. Control. And they're working to spread the word and awareness of sepsis. We're going to be back with that. But let's get this commercial break on. And we will be back. But guess what? You're listening to The Queen Sylvie Show on Fishbowl Radio Network. Hey, this is Rocky Atlas, the last official lead guitarist with John Mayall and the Blues Breakers, here to say you are listening to the Queen Sylvie Radio Show. Keep rocking the blues.
Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Back on this terrific yes. Tuesday. I hope you're enjoying yourselves where you are. We certainly are here in studio. Like you guys are having a lot of fun. We <laughs> are having so much fun. We are talking to Lori Dunham, who is explaining why it seems to be waiting for the other shoe to drop. Lori, continue on, if you will, and segue into First Step Mentor. Yeah. So as we were talking about, you know, waiting for the other shoe to drop, um, it, it comes from uh, what we talked about is that it, it comes from um, a sense of, of worthiness, right? Like you don't believe that you deserve to have the very best. Um, and so one of the practical things that I had suggested that people can try is uh, basically going back to that negative situation, reliving it, and changing a perspective to be more positive. Yes. Um, and so I talked about being laid off and the last time I was laid off, um, instead of going into trauma, um, I just simply rejoiced because now I could focus on my dream and do my job that my business that yes. is what I really wanted. And since then, it's really exploded. I mean, as you mentioned, you know, I, I released my book, became a public speaker. Um, I've started First Step Mentor. Um, to help other people who have a dream, goal, or desire, and they just don't know how to take that first step, how to actually move forward, right? They get stuck in information overload mm -hmm. or analysis paralysis, mm -hmm. um, or they just have no idea what to do. Um, and, and since we've been on this radio show, and thanks to you, I've been able to expose myself a little <laughs> yes, bit. Yes, welcome, girls. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I've got, I've got a number of new clients that have called now everything from you know, somebody who wants to, to start a, a nail business to somebody who's an artist and they don't really know, how do I get started? Now, I'm not an artist. And you can see my nails aren't done today. So, I mean, you know, I don't have to know about their business. Absolutely. I have to know about them, right? And so my first strategy session, I spend time knowing that person. What are their goals, dreams, and desires? What do, what do they feel like they're stuck where do they feel like they're stuck? And when they leave my first strategy session, they're going to have three to five action steps that they All can right. check off and say, I accomplished this. All right. And at the end of that, they can come back for more or they can say, you know what? These five got me going. Now I have momentum and I'm just, I'm off and running. But and that's great. I'm in the background. That's great. You, you, you started that motion going. Yes. Like and a train. Yeah. And yep. it feels good once you start. Just do a little step and accomplish that. That feels yep, good. Absolutely. And that makes you want to continue on. Put one foot in front That's right. of the other. Okay. That's actually my favorite song from that cartoon. That's mine too. <laughs> Copycat. <laughs> All right, Lori. Tell everybody how you can be followed on social media as well as contacted for more information on First Step Mentor as well as purchasing your book. And you're up for an award. I am. Let Thank me you for throw that in there, ma'am. Nominated by the Christian Is Literary it still Guild? time to vote? Please. Please vote. Yes. Tell them where. Um, well, it, well, it's on my Facebook. The link is on my Facebook. But, okay. but um, yeah, you can vote for me in the nonfiction category. There you go. Um, and uh, please, please vote. And you can vote from anywhere around the world. And it's registered by IP address, so not by email. Ah. So you can register on your mobile, on your ah. desktop, on your iPad. Vote, 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 go, vote. Just go get your neighbors in the supermarket. That's what's be up. Like, hey, let me borrow your iPad and just go vote. That's um, what's up. And, and so, yeah, I'd really appreciate the votes for that. And so nonfiction. But you can find me on Facebook, Lori Dunham. 
um, a red sweater, black shirt. You know, that's, that's what I. That's my picture. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm real easy to find. I'm, I'm out there, and um, uh, so you can look through my wall, and you can see the the link for the voting. Okay. But um, I'm super honored just to be nominated, and I know they that all say awesome. that, but that's but it's awesome. Really true. It's a know? great feeling. Let it's me tell an you, honor. it really that's is. That's telling you you're doing something right. You must be doing something. You're doing right. something right. Yeah. I appreciate that, Lori. I look forward to having you on again next month i can't wait go ahead uh, i was just gonna say if they want to get the book it's available at amazon okay um so you can look up my name in amazon Lori dunham and purchase it directly there if you want an autographed copy um i'll sign it and you can get that from my website start mm-hmm. and if you want a mentorship um session with me just go to firststepmentor.com. It's also a link. Well off of worth the, it. Well worth the it. The book site, too. But um, I can do remote. I can do local. So, you know. Uh, She'll meet you at Kroger's. Look, <laughs> this girl is for real. Okay. I'll meet you in the cloud. There you go. <laughs> Skype you. <laughs> there you go. You're a hardworking girl, Lori. And thank I thank you. you very much for even fighting this rain and taking the time and coming down in studio. I really appreciate that. Absolutely. I look forward to next week, uh, excuse me, next month and yeah. hear w- what wonderful thing you're going to school me on. <laughs> it's like I'm in college when you're here. You school me on a lot of things, and I appreciate that. I appreciate your support. All right. We're going to keep things going, and uh, I have two. I have a couple here that uh, I love them already. I haven't even met them face-to-face, and I love these guys. Carol and Ty Moss, are you there? We're here. We're right here. Hi. Thank you guys for taking the time and being here on the Queen Sylvie Show. Thank you for having us. We're so excited to talk to your audience and um, looking forward to a great time. Multi-talented dynamic duo making a difference as patient safety leaders, the founders of Niles Project, a patient safety public health awareness organization, 501C3, providing life-saving septus awareness and life-saving solutions from Gavilan Hills, California. I introduce to you Carol and Ty Moss. Well, <laughs> how was that? Did I get you. that good? <laughs> yay! 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 Let let me be, let me begin with you, Carol, first, um, because for over twenty years you worked as a strategic alliance principal, building unique technology solutions. Tell me something about that. What you did? Yeah. So for many years, uh, I was in technology uh, sales. And in organizations like Dell, Sprint, and um, Quest. And what I would do in that time of my life is I would find a way to bring teams together to do business with, let's say it was Sprint. And I would uh, find customers that needed solutions, and then I would go to my partners and we'd think of how will we solve this problem and we would solve the problem with technology we, we would solve humanitarian problems we would solve government problems and so my goal and what my charge was um, was to um, have our services used and our professional services joined together with our partners so that's my background is very much like what we're doing today and that is finding a way to solve problems with partners mm-hmm. and educating the public to understand what it is that they need to be a part of so that we can we can solve problems together for humanity. 
for. I'm glad to have you in the forefront doing just what it is that you do. Ty, you are a former global account manager uh, with Sprint. You're also... I love this part. You're an American uh, musician, songwriter, music producer with over 20 songs distributed nationally. Where can I go to catch some of this music? Well, you can probably go any to any online uh, website. I wrote, um, co-wrote with Carl Santana a song called Everybody's Everything. It's been on about 10 of his albums, for one. Wow. And... Um, also, uh, go back to the mid-60s, to be honest. That's all right. Uh, yes, I wrote a song in 1966 called Karate, which was a pretty big hit song back in the day, uh, recorded out of Philadelphia. So what, what and, type uh, of... Go ahead, I'm sorry. So I'm, a, uh, as well, uh, not only a songwriter, but a musician. I'm a percussionist uh, for, basically, it's my... my uh, the thing, that the thing I've been <laughs> studying for many, many years and continue to play uh, off and on. But anyway, my background in the music business has been pretty robust, and I've had opportunities to play many off, many artists uh, over the years as well. So, love it. All right. Well, I know that you guys, I started out by saying a dynamic duo. If I may pry, may I ask, um, how long have you two been married? Well, we've been married uh, 35 years. Outstanding. Well, we've been 40 years. Outstanding. Oh, years. That's my, uh -huh. that, that, that just leads to my next question. What is your secret or your key to a successful marriage? Well, it, you, it, you have to have a best friend. And, uh, you know, when you marry your best friend, and you have to have faith, uh, you have to have God in your life. I believe, mm. and uh, with your best friend and God on your shoulder, you can't go wrong. You can do everything. Amen to that. I agree. You know, it took me a few marriages to find that, that house, so, you know, but uh, I agree totally with you on that there. So, you know, just what you said kind of like seals the togetherness that you guys have and the experience that you have. First, let me give my condolences to your son, um uh, Niall, Calvin, Moss, you you went through an experience w with that whole ordeal and you lost your son. Would you explain to me what exactly happened? So, um, Niall, um, he was so wonderful. Um, when he was born, he was born with a, a challenge at birth called hydrocephalus, which is water on the brain. And, um, and that was only like at five weeks we found that out. And, and it required neurosurgeries that required challenges through his life that he overcame and by the time he was about 10 he overcame so many things that you know we actually moved from Laguna Beach we got a couple of horses we moved to the country and from then on you know Niall just thrived he became very independent and um, he was just such a leader and he inspired so many of us from from the trials that he'd been through to be strong and positive throughout anything. And Niall was a very strong believer. So what happened with Niall is each year we would need to go to the hospital to have an MRI, a scan, 
to see what was going on in his brain, which is where he had that hydrocephalus, and he had what they call a shunt. And so um, each year we'd go and look at that, and so he hadn't had any uh, surgical procedures for five years. It was wonderful. Mm -hmm. And so we just went to have that MRI in the hospital, and we came home, and a couple of days later he had flu-like symptoms. And um, we were very concerned because he was not a sick child at all. And so we rushed him right back down to the doctor and said, you know, we're concerned. He just had this test in the hospital. It's been a couple of days, and now he's coughing up, chocolatey-looking phlegm. He has a fever. He's wheezing. He's coughing. He doesn't seem like himself. And so they tested him for strep throat, and they said, oh, Take this to the, uh, go get it, this prescription filled and, um, and give it to him and he should be fine. And then I later learned out, learned that that prescription was for strep throat and his test was negative for strep throat. That ended up being the three hours, the last three hours I spent with my son in public alive waiting for that prescription that was useless. Um, that night, he took that antibiotic, and his fever went to 104 and a half, and wow. it was horrible. And we we worked really hard to get his fever down to 99, and we got it down to 99, and he slept. The next morning, he woke up and he was wheezing and gasping for air, and so we rushed him back down to what this was Easter weekend. We rushed him down to a place that they call the kids' dock where doctors send you when it's a holiday and they a lot of times they tell parents to not go to the emergency room because you know your kids could even get sicker in the waiting room there so long story short um for hours and hours they wouldn't take an x-ray so all this time he's trying to breathe and then he finally got an x-ray like hours later and the and it showed that he had what they call necrotizing pneumonia meaning his lungs were being eaten away and so Five hours later, we finally got him admitted. And then five hours later, they finally gave him one single drop of antibiotics. But all that delay and delay and delay mm. seriously harmed our son. And he died the next day because mm. what we learned is Nile contracted MRSA from the MRI, from unclean surfaces. Wow. And from that MRSA, it turned into an infection that turned into sepsis, that no one took the signs of sepsis seriously. Not one medical person took the signs of sepsis seriously. They didn't listen to what I said. And at the time, I'd never heard of MRSA. I'd never heard of, of what sepsis was, but it was clear that our son would be alive today had we known what we are going to share with you today. That is so awful. Isn't that? Yeah. I had a niece that <clears throat> that same exact yeah. story played out. Uh, not not to the letter, but yeah. And uh, yep. she was, what, 13? 12, 13. 12, 13. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's just that quick. And, yep. and and I think Sylvia shared a story earlier about yeah, I, last, and I, I, just, I experienced and, that and last I, year. And I just didn't like the way everything looked and behaved with Sylvie, so we got her in the ER, and lucky we did. Well, when we did, we told Thank them God what to did. look for, though. You know, that 
thanks to Tim and my daughter because <coughs> they would have given me something and sent you right on home. Um, yep. They're quick to do that do. in the emergency they room. still do that. Yeah. But, you know, of the million of or so Americans a year who get sepsis, and, and, and I'm not, who get sepsis, right. r- roughly 300,000 die. That is so terrible. You know, and, and sepsis in a general term is used to characterize an immune system's response to an infection. And it's nothing to play with. It's nothing at all That's to play right. with. What, what would you want people to know about sepsis? What we want them to know, first of all, is that you can get sepsis from anything. You could get a sepsis from a prick of your finger on a rose bush. You can get it from skinning your knee, one of your kids or your grandsons or granddaughters, skinning their knee on the playground. And that cut, if it's not addressed and, and treated quickly, just a little cut can turn into sepsis. So what we want people to know is this. We want people to know that time is of the essence. And when you have a cut and you, or you have some kind of an infection, even like if you have a urinary tract infection, time is of the essence. And I want to share with you the signs of sepsis. Mm-hmm. The signs of sepsis is you have a higher heart rate. You might have fever or shivering or feel very cold. You could be confused or disoriented. You might have shortness of breath, extreme pain or discomfort, and clammy or sweaty skin. Yes. So those are really key, important symptoms. And what we want to share with you right now, and we'll talk about this throughout the call, is that if you think of the acronym TIME, T-I-M-E, mm-hmm. if TIME meaning time, your temperature, T for temperature, if you have a higher or lower temperature, mm-hmm. if you have any kind of an infection, if you feel mentally declined, confused or sleepy or difficult to rouse, or if you just are extremely ill, time is what you need to think about. If you have two of those things, you need to get to the emergency room yes. or call 911. <laughs> yes, and indeed. And say, I'm concerned about sepsis. And um, Sylvie has, now Queen Sylvie now has the access to uh, get this off of her website. Yes, the, we're going to post all that. The listeners, yes. And you can get it off of our website, too, which is NilesProject.com, and you can print that out and fold it up and put it in your wallet next to your health care card. But memorize it first and share it with everybody. Absolutely. And I will be posting that today um, on social media out there for everyone to get, take it, memorize it, save it on your phone, and even share that important thing. Because even your child, your baby, can be lying in a crib from something simple, and it can escalate into sepsis. And if That's right. And, you know... Um, Sepsis is one of the major challenges of modern medicine, and one in three patients who die in a hospital, they have sepsis. That's amazing. It is. So what steps can hospitals do to help fight the spread of this disease? Well, the hospitals need to get to know sepsis also, because there are many people 
that get sepsis while they're in the hospital and they don't treat it. So one of the things that's really important and that's happening now is we've worked with the CDC over the years for almost 12 years. Mm -hmm. Um, And what is important is, uh, and Ty can share a little bit about what we've been doing with the CDC and CMS and why we what we decided we wanted to do we wanted to let the cdc and cms medicare and medicaid we share personal stories of harm and we go and share what we've learned with others and what is important to know is that these infections and sepsis happens in hospitals and so now we're really thankful because the cdc has come out with a wonderful campaign to educate the public and educate um, the healthcare workers because they kept missing the signs of sepsis. Mm-hmm. It gets overlooked. For the, I was going to say for the past, as Carol mentioned, for the past 12 years we've been working with the Centers for Disease Control, CMS as well, and Consumer Reports uh, Patient Safety Project and their advocates. But we always like to inform people we're not doctors, but we have acquired much information and experiences from other patients, advocates that we work with, and as well as the CDC. And last year, we were the spokespersons for their online PSA campaign for sepsis. And that was launched actually on Niall's birthday, which was exciting for us. Right. Well, we like to say that people need to get smart and educate themselves about all the different issues that sepsis brings. I mean, when you think about two million people entering healthcare facilities each year, and as you mentioned, three hundred thousand of these people die, uh, we need to pay attention to this. So, um, the things we want to share with your audience are very important. Okay. Not only the 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 time about temperature, infection, mental decline, and extreme illness. We want to help your listeners become a bigger part of their health care and we want to share right now some tips for talking with your health care team so that everybody can be empowered and be confident about what they're talking about so that you know it's a time in our lives that we need to question what care is being prescribed so if you don't mind i can go through a few of these please do just to um share with your audience yes okay number one tell your story as accurately as possible keep record of your symptoms and medical history and if you have a fever or rapid heart rate tell them what happened before that if you have a cut on your foot from last week make sure you let your healthcare team know that even if you think it's insignificant the more information your doctor has to work with the better you know what? Are you there, Carol? Yeah. yeah. I I believe that at, at everything that you said, especially 
for men. No offense, but sometimes men keep things to themselves. So not only tell your physician or doctor, but someone around you when you're going through certain things. Because then if something happens, then someone knows, well, he was going through this or he said he was feeling this way and things like that. I have a problem telling all the men in my family to, you know, bite to pride. They don't like to say when they're feeling or when they're going through things. And, you know, this is not the time these days to be that way. That's right. That's right. Now, I want to share with you that we team up with other organizations that have focused on sepsis for many, many years. So these suggestions I'm giving you come from patients who have had sepsis and survived. And so the next thing that they always recommend is ask someone to stay with you when you speak with your doctor. Yes. So when you're sick or anxious, it's easy easy to forget and relay important information. So you might not remember the instructions your doctor is giving you. So a second person can help you keep track of all the information. Absolutely. Along those lines, we always say, when people have to go into the hospital, um, and even though they say it's a minor procedure, nothing is minor. That's true. Everything is ma- is important no matter what. So make sure you have someone in the hospital with you. Um, also, come right out and say, I'm concerned about sepsis. If you're concerned about sepsis, say it and explain why. Yeah, that's what because, we did. Yeah, because they're not always thinking that. Mm-hmm. They're thinking, oh, maybe it's the <clears throat> flu. You know, they always think it's the flu, and that's the biggest sign. Especially, they say... Seven out of ten patients have just had some kind of health care treatment, not necessarily in the hospital. Maybe you even went to the dentist. So that is also important to tell your health care team when you're talking. Ask for clarification. If your doctor or nurse says something you don't understand, don't be afraid to ask again. If you are sent for tests, and Ty and I really believe this is very important, ask what is the test for and when they have the results make sure they follow up with you and tell you what the results were and if they haven't call back because every test is important that they take and it's important to know what test you've already had so they don't waste time taking them again and you know that's because we went in mm-hmm. let's go back to your incident because you had an uncontrollable fever we just couldn't get it regulated you were Mm -hmm. you were sick your heart rate was up and then that led us to believe that this is possibly Mm -hmm. septic and we need to get her in and we told them right when we went in Mm -hmm. we think she's septic yeah because i don't believe that they would have you know some you know I'm not, not shunning down the medical field, none whatsoever. There's good, That's there's exactly bad. Right. We're not doing that. We're you know, I'm that. not, but I'm pointing out my opinion. You know, sometimes it's based on what type of insurance you have, based on the type of care and treatment you're going to get. You're going to come in there a certain way. They're going to not even, first of all, look at septic. They need to have that chart on the wall of every hospital and every clinic. The the, the exactly septic, right. they need to have it all up there. So when people are sitting in the lobby waiting to be called, they can kind of educate and school themselves too. And then go in there and tell them, look, maybe you need to look this way or look that That's away. Right. Because, That's you know, right. another thing that we're going to have you back on talking about it is the antibiotics. That's right. Stewardship, yes. Yeah. 
Boo that hiss. is a big, big issue. <laughs> we need to be careful about the drugs that we're getting these days because they're not, a lot of these are very powerful. And yeah. so there's no, no longer can we just take a pill and just say, okay, I'm going to take it. We need to research this on our own for ourselves ask questions so we're excited to come back and talk to you about i know the network's fading a bit <laughs> yeah we kind of faded out you were like sounding yeah. like an alien right there for a minute carol and, and showing up as a <laughs> as the network connection's a little poor and it's like oh she sounded like she was from oh that's weird yeah. <laughs> outer space but, <laughs> but you're right because um you know when it comes to the antibiotics and the resistance you know, first of all, they're not really educated. Some are not really educated on the sepsis. But when I went into the hospital and I told them about that and they made them look into that and it was and then I was admitted, they were pumping all kind of antibiotics. Bags. They were like uh, pumping because I guess they didn't know which one my body was going to fight off or something. I don't know, but they were like. That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, you know, we get into an issue where we. We as a country don't have enough rapid tests right. that, that will quickly identify what the problem is because that's the way to solve things, and that is rapid, accurate diagnostics. And that's another issue that we are focused on is getting rapid diagnostics in the hands of the public so we can test ourselves first so that we know how fast we have to act. Mm -hmm. Right. And you know what? You know how they say you can teach an old dog new tricks. Well, this is just my opinion only. And that is the doctors that we have here now, perhaps every six months they need to come and get another refresher course or, or you know, <laughs> learn learn some of these new things. You know, you, you learned about septus way back then, but do you realize that right now it's important um, That's right. Everybody that comes in there, these emergency rooms, they don't have time to look at everybody's history on what you're no. what's going through when you come into there. You know, you come That's in there right. for a headache, but or you come in there for that swollen lump on your underarm, but you have a whole list of other things wrong. So they, they don't have time to look at all those things and figure out that you, you may be going to septus or something. You know what I mean? So, you know, That's right. Yeah. Yeah. We're we're very focused on early detection ways of going about uh, putting capabilities into the consumer's hands so they can do some testing at home just like you can do for different types of uh, pregnancy tests yeah you can <laughs> diabetes whatever you can yeah store. yeah you can go to the store and you can find out if you have a uti right you can get a test for a couple of dollars what we need to know is uh, is this sepsis? That we is a good idea. Is or is this the flu? So that's what we're we're fighting for. We we will fly to Washington D.C. and speak for two minutes on behalf of the public in front of very large government um, uh, programs so that they understand what we need to be for the public. I will go with you on that one. That is a oh, good. Good. That is Great. that is so important. And you know you can you know how. Even little kids can hear a rap song so many times and then they're they're saying the rap songs or you can see a commercial so many times you want to go and get that food item or whatever you see. They need to really put these in hospitals because if doctors walk past it on the wall enough times they're going to pay attention. Nurses walk past and see that on the wall enough times they're going to think about it. Even when the patient come in sick, they're going to remember what they saw and get it. It has to be a brainwash mechanism type of thing to get it done. 
I think. That's right. Now, we want to make sure we put in, Ty's going to share some things about how to prevent yeah. sepsis. Okay. There's certain things you can do to prevent sepsis. One is get vaccinated. Also, to care for any open wounds that you have, cut scrapes, anything that's uh, a broken skin problem. Uh, also, if you're prescribed an antibiotic, make sure you take it correctly. And most importantly, wash your hands. That's so important to make sure that hands are clean all the time. And uh, these are the kind of things that we've focused on. And another big issue that we talk about is environmental cleaning of facilities. And that's very important in all healthcare facilities, even at home, to make sure that the environment that you're in is clean and constantly being uh, administered to. Mm-hmm. So very important. You know what? Have you guys heard of Dr. Paul Merrick, M-A-R-I-K? And uh, he's been making headlines with septus treatment. He uses the IV infusions of vitamin C, hydrocortisone, and thiamine as a cure kind of to septus. Have you heard of that? Wow, we haven't heard of that, and that's no. wonderful to hear because we are always concerned about, so if you do the numbers of, you know, <laughs> one and a half million people get sepsis and then 250 to 300,000 people die of sepsis, there's about 700,000 people a year that are walking around, praise God, they survived, but they have things that happen to them that nobody even understands and even the person with the sepsis doesn't understand so this is wonderful to hear that there are physicians and what was his name again yes his name is dr paul and i'll spell his last name m-a-r-i-k he is making headlines he believes in that vitamin c it's something with the vitamin C, hydrocortisone, and thiamine that he uses. And he's, he's doing it now on patients. And so, yeah, look into that because I was amazed I when I yeah, saw that. I yeah. I will because I want to share a few things that people don't realize what happens when after you've had sepsis. Now, uh, these are some things that your audience might take um, and go, wow, I wonder if that's what happened. So um, you feel like you have insomnia difficulty getting to sleep, nightmares, kind of uh, hallucinations and panic attacks. Some people have disabling muscle and joint pains, decreased mental functioning, loss of self-esteem, and, um, and some have amputations and organ dysfunction. And sepsis is very, very harmful. You know, many people, like Niall, his fever went to 104 and a half and eventually went way higher than that. So your body has to still adjust to survival. So yes. that's so good to hear about this doctor. I, I'd love to give him a call because we get people that are walking around with these symptoms and don't understand. They're depressed. Mm-hmm. And so we want to we send, we want to find these doctors who are innovative enough to help help these patients survive with a great quality of life good okay so the niles project educates the public through concerts public speakings and like now the radio tell me about the concerts the performances and a little bit more about niles project yes well with my background in the music industry we have many musician friends and advocates as well that are musicians that love to 
entertained. And we've used uh, that route many times to bring aware awareness to people uh, through concerts. And uh, we've done this in many schools, colleges around Southern California. And um, it's all about having the opportunity to just to share our story about Nile. And we've done that numbers of times. That's right. That's right. And it's really fun because when we do it at the schools, we engage the nursing, the students that are learning to become nurses. Mm. And they'll come, they'll come into the audience. Like this one that we did was really incredible. It was at Saddleback College in their fine arts department. And we had the nurses come in. They were wearing their scrubs. And they would hand out 15 steps to prevent infections. That is also on our website. Mm-hmm. And so this is 15 steps to prevent infections in hospitals. And with that and with our new time card, um, we have people so educated with little cards that they can pull out and reference. But these concerts are wonderful because we advertise on jazz stations and we have jazz artists that are there. And then people are ready for a concert and then they get this extra information. And it makes sense because most of us wouldn't go to a Superbug concert. Oh, we're having a concert <laughs> right. <about> Superbug. <laughs> so we really make it fun. And we, at Long Beach School District out here in California, we worked with the entire school district. And, we, and the teachers incorporated it in their course curriculum. And they had students that would go and make a PSA and that we could put on air. Um, they would make a poster. They had a poster contest. And so we have them come up on stage with the band and give them exposure to being in front of a huge audience. And they get to really get to know how to educate people. And we learn from them, too. So we love working with the youth. We love working with the public. And we think that by empowering the public, if everybody had one of these time cards in their hand, we would reduce the number of people with patient harm from sepsis by at least half. We just need to get this in everybody's hand. Well, hats off. And we have that. We also have the, the, some clips on our website. So if anyone goes to ernalsproject.com, in the right-hand column, there are some YouTube clips of some of our concerts. Yes. That, that is awesome. Have you guys come to Texas yet with the concert, by the way? We would love to. We have it. We just need to <laughs> um, find a school or a group of people that really want to get engaged. Yeah, absolutely. So we can do that. Maybe well, we, we can work together. Yeah, maybe we know. can work together because, I, you know, listen, I'm on board. I, I was on board the minute I found you guys. Nothing I kid you better not. than the big D. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> we, we, we'll see what we can do and work that out because the more the merrier. You know what I mean? And, and, the, right. and are the you... The next time we go to Washington to speak, we're going to let you know. When Please do. Come with us. Please we do. We need to get everybody in the room speaking. Absolutely. Two minutes. Absolutely. It's a hard subject to talk about, but uh, the key is being able to get people to listen. Right. And, you know, there's different ways that we go about that. And, you know, we really appreciate you having us on the air because this brings a lot of, a lot of attention to Oh, yes, it does. It is only well, the you beginning. Know what we've done... Uh, over the years is we've taken personal stories of harm to the CDC and we we sit, we bring them right to the CDC or here in California we take pay, uh, personal patients of harm and we go right to the governor's office and we sit down and we share these stories um, because many times you're talking to the aides mm-hmm. the, the youth 
Right. And we need to educate the youth. So each time we talk to them, we start at the beginning and we share with them how we can solve the problems. Ty and I have done so many unique things and it's usually the first of many. And so we're, we are not, we are strong believers and believe we can knock this sepsis out. This is a global issue. Oh and yeah. Everyone, everyone is sharing their personal stories of success. And that is why we're so thankful to be on your show to share years of harm is now being, you know, curtailed by sharing these personal stories of success. Absolutely. Yeah, in 2008, we were able to get uh, two laws put in place in the state of California. One's called Niles Law, and that can be researched uh, as well. But uh, this is basically <coughs> saying that all hospitals, uh, acute care hospitals in the state of California, must uh, provide their infection rate to the public. So you'll know, you know which hospitals are having outbreaks and issues and problems. And you can make a more informed choice that when you have to go to the hospital. And these are the kind of things that, that are important, as well as uh, swabbing your nose when you're admitted uh, to a healthcare <coughs> hospital so that you uh, people can know if you came in with the infection or if you got the infection in the hospital. That's great. Queen Sylvie, if, I have, if you have two more minutes, I want to share a wonderful story with you. I just wanted to ask, do just do a quick interrupting, and I was going to say, you know, if you get the right senator rep to buy in on what you're trying to do, yes. you can you can make it. But it sounds like you kind of did. If you got something in the law, you had a senator on your side somewhere. So that was in California. <laughs> okay. So now at the end, at, on November sixth, we are going to be in Washington D.C., and we are going to be meeting with several senators' offices, and we are going to address these patient safety issues but you need to go face to face with these people and they can do a face i mean the the aid stuff is kind of nice but you know there's nothing like setting down face to face and yet like i said you get them that's what we do you get them buy in yeah you got to get them to buy in and you got it yeah good for you you know what as soon as we do and we know what the legislation is called we're going to let you know so you can let your audience know all of this all of this is bipartisan this is all patient safety and we're we worked on the affordable care act and we will work on whatever is going to come next on the patient safety aspect because no matter what kind of health care we come out with it must be number one safe absolutely Absolutely. And you know, speaking of sepsis, because it's a, it's a problem worldwide, you know, sepsis, sepsis yes. rates is even higher in third world countries. They have it even oh, yeah. worse than the way we do. So I give total hats off to both of you on Your all story. that you're doing. Yeah, I, I didn't mean to interrupt, but yes, I have two minutes that you can do your, your story. Um, story. Oh, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I'm so sorry. This is a good story. So often we go with patients to the hospital if they're going to have um, surgery and, and they need some help. So I, I want to tell you about this young woman that I went with that I, we knew she was going to have, and this we went to the same hospital where our son Niall died. And so we, I went in with this young woman. I knew I was going to be there for three days. And often it's, it's just listening to see what's going on and just sitting in the corner over kind of oversight. Mm-hmm. And, um, and in this particular case, she went in for her first day of surgery, and I went into the waiting room. And I gave her mother, and her, her mother had some friends there, some coloring, so they could, you know, just do something while they're waiting around. And I 
sat down in the chair, and I'm, what I'm going to tell you isn't about the patient that I went in with, but I sat down in the chair, and on the overhead, I sat down, and I heard it say, code sepsis, bed number 12 in this room on this floor, code sepsis. And I had chills all up and down my body, and I was just thanking God because I said, finally, that person is going to survive. Mm-hmm. They finally have adopted sepsis protocols that address septic patients immediately, and they didn't have that in place for That's myself. good. They moved too slow. So good things are happening because we, many of us, there's many of us advocates that pressure, pressure, pressure the hospitals, the places where our our kids and family members die. We pressure the lawmakers. We pressure everywhere. And it is working. Yes, it is. But it is working. And we're really thankful for the hospitals that decide that they're going to knock sepsis out quickly. Well, keep on doing what you're doing. Is there a a final note to, to the people about sepsis that either of you would like to add? We just want to say, sepsis, time matters. You must act fast. If you have a temperature, if you have an infection, if you have mental decline, or if you feel extremely ill, call 911 or get to the emergency room and say, I'm concerned about sepsis because time matters. Absolutely. What I would say is, what I would say is people need to get smart and educate yourselves because there's just so many different types of outcomes that you can have and it's very important that you have some education about what you're being prescribed and uh, do something yourself to help yourself absolutely absolutely i thank you guys i I look forward to even having you back on again and uh carrying on and educating the world on a lot of things uh (laughs) <laughs> that listen if the doctor didn't tell you you're going to find out from carol and ty moss listen tell everybody how you you bo- both can be um, followed on social media okay you can reach us on at twitter at at niles project um and you can follow us on facebook and you can even um and that's niles project and then our main uh, website is nilesproject.com and you can leave a message and we can reach out to you that way. All right. You know, one one point that I wanted to make also pertaining to when you said you go around and you talk to the youth in the school, I think that is important too because, you know, sometimes a kid can get hurt or cut at school and don't say anything to mom and uh, right. that can lead to something else, you know. So if the kid is that's being right. aware of it as well, that's a big, that's big right. benefit. So hats off again to all that you guys are doing. I thank you for taking the time and being on the show today. I definitely look forward to having you back on the show. I want to thank also Dylan Watkins, who called in from the United Kingdom today uh, with Poppy's Picnic. Lori Dunham, uh, First Step Mentor, I thank you also for being on the show. If you are a talent and you'd love to be on the Queen Silver Show, hey, we'd love to have you. Hit me up at queensylviacomic.com. You can also follow me on my webpage, www.queensylviacomedy.com. I'm also on Instagram and Facebook under Sylvie Starks or Queen Sylvie. Wow. 
<laughs> That's <laughs> we can right. follow you pretty much everywhere. That's right, baby. And you can follow me, <laughs> Tim McGiffin, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, <laughs> Tumblr, all the social media. And as Queen mentioned, if you'd like to be a guest on our show, please drop us a line at queensylvie at comic.com. Yes, thank you. You can also find me at Walmart in about a half hour. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> So there you are. But listen, I thank you guys very much for being on the show. I will contact you a little bit later. But look up that doctor, M-A-R-I-K, uh, because he, he's so on to something. You're thank very you. welcome. Thank you, guys, and have a good day. You thank too. You. All righty. So, Tim, who are we going out with? How about we get out of here with one of our past, our past guests, rather, I'm sorry, Oblivion. Ah, he's out of the kingdom of Tonga. Out of the kingdom of Tonga. The kingdom of Tonga. Kingdom but before Tonga. you click. You know what? That's a tongue twister. The kingdom of Tonga? Say, that's not Oblivion from the kingdom of Tonga. Oblivion from the kingdom of Tonga. I like that. Huh? You like that? You're very good. Listen, before you do that. Yeah, yeah, I would like for Lori to once again tell everybody how this she can be followed and contacted with First Step Mentor as well as getting her book. Start your own Amazon store without getting hurt. That's right. You can get it on Amazon.com. Just type in my name, um, and you can order it directly from there. You can get an autographed copy at StartAmazonStore.com. FirstStepMentor.com. You can go there and uh, book an appointment with me either remotely through the phone, Skype, or locally here in DFW. Um, and let's just connect on Facebook, Lori Dunham. So, quick question. First Step Mentor. You can mentor someone that's not even in the Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas area. Absolutely. Today's technology make it happen. So if you're out there, you want more, you want to succeed, you need that little push and motivation. Lori Dunham, First Step Mentor, is the one to check out. Now, before we go, also, I'm smooth. I didn't do it last week, and I f- we were just so into the show. I do want to acknowledge birthdays today. Absolutely. Because, you know, actually, it's all of our birthdays. We woke up today. It's your birthday? Next week. Next week is your birthday for real? <laughs> we going to throw down and party for Lori. Woo, woo, yeah, we'll have a party woo. for you. Yeah, we'll yeah. We'll have fun. Yeah, yeah. We're going to go to... We're, we're going to go crazy. We're going to party like it's 1999. Jeez, wish you could be there. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? It's officially someone's birthday today. Like, um, rest his soul, it, it would have been John Lennon's birthday today. Mm. Did you know? You know Imagine John. that. I know. Go, girl. Go. go. Sharon. Osborne birthday is today. How old do you think? Shout she out is? to Sharon. What sixty six? Probably seventy. Lori is on it. She is sixty five. <laughs> There's this she guy that was though. on the show Man. called Everybody Hates Chris. It's a little sitcom. Oh, yeah. uh-huh. Do you know that show? It's that that guy, right? That little guy. He's not that little. His what name is, is Tyler James Williams, and it's his birthday today too. How old do you think he is? Twenty three. I don't know if he's that old yet. Is he? Well, how old do you think? I'm thinking like twenty two. 20. 25. Lori okay. is yeah. on it. Yeah, I remember that show. Right. For everyone whose birthday it is today, hit it. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday to you. you. <laughs> don't take it personally. Go on and enjoy it. No, don't. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Tomorrow will take it personally. Do it tomorrow. Okay. All right. It's someone's anniversary. We will acknowledge it and say happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. <laughs> there you go. Okay. I love it. All right, let's get on out of here. Go out and Certified enjoy hot. the rest of your terrific Tuesday. Thanks Oblivion. for tuning in. Tune in on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. <laughs> You're so silly. <laughs> Certified hot from the Kingdom of Tonga, OG Oblivion. Oblivion. Here on the Queen's Show. We're Aholla. Aholla.
Hot, we set a fight. Hot, we set a fight. Hot, we set a fight. 